watching. And again, this is a midweek Bible study and prayer meeting. So in a few moments then we will have some prayer and then of course we'll have a study. This is again, Ask the Pastor and we're continuing our series and this evening we're gonna look at the differences between the second coming of Christ and the rapture of the church, the body of Christ. So some prayer requests, certainly we ask and remind you to be, continue to be praying for our country. Also the radio, the TV, the Facebook services from our church for the shut-ins, the missionaries, the missionaries who are serving the Lord Jesus Christ around the world. Maybe some are locked down in the countries that they're serving in. Maybe some are going through financial difficulties at this time because of COVID-19. And also there are several individuals from our own assembly who are going through some physical problems. So we ask you remember uh, those individuals in prayer. Also just to remind you, prayer requests or Bible questions, it is ask the pastor, can be Email to the church at altunabible at altunabible.org, or you can call the church office at 942. It's area code 814-942-2131. Let's just look to the Lord in word of prayer. Our eternal God, as we come before you, we thank you for Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, God, for what he means to us, for what we have in him. We thank you for the salvation that's rich and free, for your grace Thank you, God, that truly when we believe that we are eternally saved through Christ. God, we do just continue to pray for our country. God, you know what we're going through. We just remember our country in prayer. Also, God, we pray for those leaders and authority above us according to your word in 1 Timothy chapter number 2. Also, God, we remember and pray for our missionaries as they're serving you on the foreign fields. Maybe some of them are also going through the COVID and lockdown. Maybe some are going through some financial difficulties and we just remember and pray for them. Also, we pray for our services, the radio, the TV, the service through Facebook. Those who listen, those who watch, God, if there's anyone that does not know thee as their personal savior, we pray for their salvation right now. We pray that they would come to the saving knowledge of Christ and realize the only way of salvation, the only way to have the assurance of salvation, of the hope of eternal life, is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and by simple faith and trust. So we pray for them. For those who are saved, we pray, God, that our services, the messages, Lord, from your word are a source of encouragement, a source of challenge, that we're growing in your grace, that we are those who are planted, we are those who are firmly planted in your word and the word of God rightly divided, and that our foundation is strong, and so we pray for that. God, we pray, Lord, we know that we are going through spiritual battles, and we know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, so God, just give us that strength, Lord, that we put on the whole armor of God, that we could stand against the wiles, the trickery of the devil, uh, God, and we just thank you for that, uh, Lord, and thank you for the word of God as a source of resource, a source of encouragement, a source of strength for us. Also, God, for those from the assembly who are going through some physical difficulties, we remember them in prayer. Be with their families. God, you know what they're going through. Our Lord and others may be going through some sort of uh, trial or tribulation. Uh, we just pray for them as well, God. Continue to lead God and direct in each of their lives, God. And truly, Lord, we thank you for the peace that does pass all understanding that will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We pray in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you turn with me in your Bibles to... 1 Corinthians chapter 15, again, this Ask the Pastor. We're continuing our series on the rapture, and this evening what we want to concentrate is the difference between the rapture of the church, the body of Christ, and the second coming. 
There are those who want to make these one the same or talk about this is the, the rapture is the first phase of his second coming. Those are non-biblical terms. What we need to understand is that there are differences. And again, what you see on the screen is a very simplistic chart that we've shared with you the last several weeks. Arrow up, arrow down. If you're just joining us uh, this evening, arrow up, arrow down is the rapture of the church, the body of Christ. It's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. It's 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And of course, we're living in the dispensation of grace. And then following that, you have the 70th week of Daniel, the tribulation period, two, three and a half year periods of time. The last three and a half years is referred to as the great tribulation period or the time of uh, Jacob's trouble. Arrow down is the second coming of Christ. He's going to return. And again, you see that there's a time difference. But also, there are several other differences that we're going to talk about this evening. In following the second coming of Christ, we're pre-millennials here at the Altoona Bible Church. Pre-beforehand, millennial kingdom, second coming of Christ, it occurs before the kingdom. The kingdom will be fulfilled. Luke chapter 1, Lord Jesus Christ is going to rule over the throne of his father David. And then literally, we know throughout all eternity... The church, the body of Christ, is the heavenly people. Our hope is a heavenly hope. So we're not returning at the second coming of Christ. Some will talk on Revelation 19 upon the armies of heaven and believe that that's the church. That's not the church. What's consistent, we'll show you and remind you, Matthew 24, in the parable of the wheat and tares, and there's also the parable of the great net that you will see that the reapers are the angels, and that's the armies of heaven in Revelation 19, not the church, the body of Christ. Our hope is a heavenly hope. Again, God's twofold purpose in the word of God is not the Old Testament and New Testament, but rather prophecy versus mystery, prophecy a nation, a king, and kingdom, and dealing with mystery is the church, the body of Christ, and Christ is head over the church, the body of Christ. So we want to begin this evening then talking about some differences that we have between the rapture of the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, and his second coming. So you'll see on the screen, one column is talking about the rapture, that's the coming of Christ for the church, the body of Christ, and the other column is dealing with the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. The first one difference is mystery versus prophecy. 1 Corinthians 15, if you'll turn with me in your Bibles, 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Remember again, the, the Corinthians had some questions. That they didn't, they didn't understand. The mystery religion at this time did not teach resurrection. The Bible teaches resurrection. The book of Job, Job 19, teaches resurrection. So they had three questions. First question is found in verse 12, and there's two questions found in verse number 35. Some men will say, how are the dead raised up, and with what body do they come? And God answers those in inverted form, and because he answers the question about the body first, and that's found beginning in about verse number 42 down through verse number 50, and then beginning in verse 51, how are the dead raised up? Notice what God says, and of course, that's what we call the rapture. The believers, the un the believers are caught away. Those who have died in Christ, their bodies will be resurrected up. This is, this is a resurrection for the believers. We'll be caught away to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15, 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. Now, this is not a dark and mysterious, like, who did it? 
It's not a you know, mystery novel. The word mystery, the Greek word is muasterion, which means a secret. Behold, I show you a mystery, a secret. We shall not all sleep, but we all shall be changed. Last week, we, we read again John 5. Lord Jesus Christ says there's two resurrections. Resurrection to life, resurrection to damnation. All they that are in the graves shall hear my voice and come forth. Well, as you read this verse of scripture, you find out that we shall not all die, we shall not all sleep, but we all shall be changed. Because there are absolutely, as 1 Thessalonians, and we looked at 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, 18 in the 5th chapter, but as 1 Thessalonians 4, 13, 18 talk about, the dead in Christ rise first, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we... We, believers, those who have died in Christ, their bodies, and then the believer who is alive at the rapture of the church, the body of Christ, will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Well, the rapture of the church, the body of Christ, the mystery is a secret. You're not going to find it in the Old Testament. Not going to find it during the earthly ministry of Christ. Not going to find it over in 1st or 2nd Peter. Not going to find it in the book of Revelation. It was revealed in and through the Apostle Paul. He calls it a mystery. You also can read 1st Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14, and verse number 15. He received it by the word of the Lord. It was by revelation. That's how he received this information. And this information is a mystery, and it's for the church, the body of Christ. It was a secret. If you contrast that to, to the second coming of Christ, which absolutely is a part of the prophetic program. And if you go back with me in your Bibles to Daniel chapter number 2, Daniel chapter number 2, and we've talked about this. We're not going to go back through Daniel 2 with Nebuchadnezzar's dream and Daniel then God gives him the dream and the interpretation. But notice, again, in the dream, there's, a, there's this great image of gold and silver and brass and iron and part iron, part clay from head to toe. And there's a stone that's cut without man's hand. What's the significance of that? It means it's divine. It, it's something divine. It's cut without man's hands. And that stone comes and smites the image. Not on the head, not on the shoulders, not on the knee, not on the legs, but on the toes. And that image then is pulverized, and that stone then becomes a great mountain and fills the whole earth. And who is the stone? Who is that smiting stone? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. What's that a reference to? It's a reference to his second coming. And we talked about this, and again, we, we studied the issue of premillennialism. Here, here is premillennialism. The second coming of Christ is pre-beforehand the millennial kingdom. Not post. That, that was popular. Then you had World War I and World War II. People vacated that position. And then some came up with the theory of amillennialism. The church is the kingdom. It wasn't to be a literal physical kingdom. It was a kingdom in, in one's heart. No, it is to be a literal kingdom here on earth. Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, all literal kingdoms, followed by 
and dealing with the, the fourth kingdom, dealing with the kingdom of Antichrist, and then the Lord returns. But Daniel chapter 2, verse number 44 and 45. And we can give you other verses of scripture. Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 14, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Isaiah 63. Who is he that comes from Edom? It's coming from Bozrah. Why are his garments red? We'll read Isaiah 63. That, that's, a, that's the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it doesn't mean the prophets understood all this. We read over in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 10, verse number 11. They were given the words, Daniel chapter 2, verse 44, in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and the kingdom shall not left be to other pieces, but a break in, in, shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Verse 45. For as much as thou sawest the stone was cut out of the mountain, Without hands. That, that means that humans don't have a part of this. It's without human hands. It's divine. That it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, the gold. The great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. The dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof is sure. And it goes back to what he saw. And you can see it that, and read it back in verse number 34 of Daniel 2. Thou sawest till a stone was cut out without hands, and it smote the image upon its feet that were of iron and clay, and break them to pieces. And who is the stone? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is his second coming. That is part of prophecy. So the second coming absolutely is part of prophecy, and the rapture of the church, the body of Christ, is mystery. The rapture of the church, the body of Christ. We mentioned this last week. 1 Thessalonians 5.9. We have not been appointed to wrath, but to obtain salvation. And the salvation is a deliverance. And the salvation that is talking about in 1 Thessalonians 5.9 is not the salvation, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, like a soul salvation. It's a deliverance from the wrath. What wrath? It, that's not the eternal lake of fire. That's not the context. Remember, we, we, we showed you. Go back and read 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18, chapter 5, verse 1. But at the times and season, brethren, you, you have no need that I write to you. I don't have to write to you concerning these things. You know what's going to happen. We're, we're, that's, that's darkness. We're, we are children of the day. We are the children of the light, not of nighttime, not of darkness. And God is not appointing us to wrath, but to obtain salvation. And we believe, and we stand foursquare, strongly, because the word of God teaches that the rapture of the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, is going to occur before the tribulation. The purpose of the tribulation period, the 70th week of Daniel, was for Daniel's people, Daniel's city, to bring in those six things. And one of those six things, if you go back and read Daniel 9, 24 to 27, is everlasting righteousness. And that everlasting righteousness that is a reference to is a reference to the millennial kingdom, the kingdom of God. And again, the thousand years, don't, don't misunderstand this, the thousand years, read Revelation chapter 20, thousand, thousand, thousand. 
some six times. That's a reference because we know that Satan is locked up in the bottomless pit for, for a thousand years. But the kingdom of God never ends. And we the, the, we, the church, the body of Christ, is a part of that kingdom, but our hope is not what? An earthly one. We're not looking to set up a kingdom. We're not looking to be part of the kingdom reign of Christ here. And if you read in the book of Ezekiel chapter 40, over 48, I mean, there, there's going to be a temple. There's a millennial kingdom temple. And then when you read in those later chapters, you will see the, how the land is laid out. They're, still, they're fighting upon the land today. Do you realize that that land is God's land? And God told Abraham, Abram then Abraham, that what is part of the Abrahamic covenant? A land, the land covenant. And so as you think upon these things, the rapture of the church, the body of Christ, is before the tribulation period. Well, if you go over with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter number 24. Matthew chapter number 24, because the second coming of Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ returning, the second coming of Christ is what? It's after the tribulation. Remember, here in Matthew chapter number 24, very briefly, let me remind you of a simple outline. His disciples ask him a question. And again, we call this the Olivet Discourse because he sat upon the Mount of Olives. It's chapter 24, chapter 25. Keep reading, because when you read Matthew 26, 1 and 2, the Olivet Discourse was given two days. And I think it's very important. Two days before the cross. And so verse number 3 says, in Matthew 24, verse 3, as he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us. When shall these things be? What is the sign of thy coming in the end of the world? Please understand, Matthew 24 has not, has not been fulfilled. There are some who believe that it has already been fulfilled. No, it awaits a future fulfillment. It's tied in with under the understanding of the tribulation period, of the book of Revelation, as we said last week. The book of Revelation is a book of prophecy and it waits a future fulfillment. It is not a historical book. It is a book of prophecy that God gave to John and John saw these things and God tells John, the things that you see, you write it down in the book. So he answers them. The Lord, Lord, here is the Lord Jesus Christ, God himself. The, the living word is going to answer his disciples' questions. When shall these things be? What, what is the sign of thy coming in the end of the world? And again, understand the end of the world is not like, you know, some people believe that what may happen is the world is going to get into a nuclear shootout and it's going to obliterate this earth and all the people and that will end all mankind. That, that cannot happen. Oh yeah, there are going to be limited wars and things. We understand that, but that cannot, the other one cannot happen. You say, well, how do you know? Because, because the Bible tells us. The Bible shows what's going to happen. That there's going to be a tribulation period. There's going to be dealing with the first resurrection. There's going to be a millennial kingdom. There's going to be the great white throne judgment. And then there's going to be all eternity. A new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. That, that's what God's going to do. We know over the book of Philippians. Read Philippians chapter 2 verses 9 to 10. We, we find out that the Lord Jesus Christ, was, in verse 8, was obedient to death, even the death of the cross. 
Wherefore God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That the name of Jesus, they're going to bow. Things will bow on earth, under earth, and above. And, and you see this. Let me just go over and read this verse of scripture so you have it. This is going to happen. And let me just remind you, this is not a confession for salvation. But Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 9. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth. And that what? That every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that's not for salvation. Things in heaven, believers, earth, and then where? Under the earth. And the under the earth, south is who? It's dealing with the unsaved folks. There's people who are mocking God, who laugh at God, who say there is no eternity, who believe in, you know, that you eat, drink, and be married, tomorrow you die, and you just simply don't exist, and you're just going to be in a state of, you know, unconsciousness, and you won't exist, it doesn't matter. That's absolutely incorrect. And you need to realize that that's incorrect. That's non-biblical. Because I just read you a verse of scripture that's going to take place. And things under the earth are going to confess that the Lord Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that is not for salvation. Well, if you go back and read in Matthew chapter 24. So the end of the world is not, not talking. My point is the end of the world is not like the cataclysmic end of this whole world. It's, it's dealing with the end of the age. And so what does the Lord do? He systematically, he systematically takes them through the tribulation period. So when you begin reading in Matthew chapter 24, verse 4, and Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed, let no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many. You realize, that's the begin, beginning of the tribulation period. Nation will rise against nation, verse 7. Kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be famine. There's going to be pestilence. There's going to be earthquakes in diverse places. Verse 8 says, all these are the beginning of sorrow. It's just the beginning. That, that's the first three and a half years. Verse number 13 says, he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. The end of what? That, that is... A prophetic statement dealing with the end of what? Dealing with the end of the tribulation period. Then when you get to Matthew 24, verse 15. When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. Do you realize that's a mid-tribulation verse of scripture? And then he gives way and says this gives way to what? The great tribulation. It's the last three and a half years time of Jacob's trouble. And then if you keep reading, you come down here to Matthew chapter 24, verse 27, and the point is, the second coming of Christ is post after the tribulation. I mean, these are prefixes, pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, pre-game, post-game, pre-game interview, post-game interview. Here's dealing with the tribulation period. The rapture of the church, the body of Christ, is absolutely before the tribulation. We meet the Lord in the air. We've been delivered from the wrath to come. Matthew 24, verse 27. For as the lightning comes out of the east 
and shineth even to the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. He's not the Son of Man to the church, the body of Christ. He is our Lord. He's our Savior. He is the head over the church, the body of Christ. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will be eagles gathered together. Verse 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days shall the sun be dark and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. Immediately what? After. Hence, as you see on the screen, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ is after the tribulation of those days, while the rapture of the church, the body of Christ, is beforehand. The rapture of the church, the body of Christ, involves the body. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're, we're, we're not an organization. We're, we're a living organism. And the church, the body of Christ, works together in the local church those who believe and confess the Lord Jesus Christ, they're part of the church, the body of Christ. And we know that why do we support missions and encourage people to become missionaries and missionaries to go through the world preaching the gospel? Because whether they're down in Curacao or down in Bonaire or over in Malawi or Tanzania or Bolivia or Puerto Rico, what, what are they doing? They're, they're preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And those individuals who trust the Lord are part of the body of Christ just like we are here in America or throughout all of Europe. Wherever, wherever the individuals are and where they believed and meet as an assembly and, and individually, they're the church, the body of Christ. It's, it's a living organism. The local church is part of the body of Christ. We know in Ephesians chapter 2, the universal church is part of the church, the body of Christ. It's a body. In the Old Testament, God was dealing with the nation. In fact, it began dealing with the nations. The nations are out, and God went through Abram, changed his name to Abraham. Abram, the exalted father. Abraham, the father of the multitudes. Abraham and Isaac. That was God's way. Then Isaac, dealing with Jacob. And Jacob's name is what? Changed to Israel. It's dealing with a nation. Lord Jesus Christ, I'm only sent but the lost sheep of the house of Israel is a nation. The church, the body of Christ, not a nation. It's dealing with the fact that we're, 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 a, we're a body. We're the church, the body of Lord Jesus Christ. We're going we're gonna to meet the Lord in the air. Go back with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Have that verse of scripture in front of you. We are absolutely going to meet the Lord Jesus Christ in the air. And as we pointed this out, within the atmosphere, as we pointed this out, that same word, air, I'm not going to take the time, but go over and read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 down through verse number 3, and Satan is called the prince, the power of the air. Same word. Same word is used over in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We'll read it. We referred to it last week. We're going to meet the Lord Jesus Christ where? In the air. In Satan's domain. But don't, don't, don't lose heart. We're, we're the victors. Because we are following the Lord Jesus Christ, the dead in Christ, we who are alive and remain. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 
Verse number 17, then we which are alive remain shall be caught up because in verse 16 said the dead in Christ rise first. And again, they're already there. We're talking about resurrection. We're talking about their, their bodies. And you say, well, what, what happens if they, it totally perished? God, God knows. God knows where the seed is. God's going to raise it up. No one's going to miss that. No believer's going to miss out on a, a resurrected, glorified body. That was the question that the Thessalonians had. Concerning them asleep. You saw or not as even others who have no hope. They're not going to miss out on it. That dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive remain shall be caught up together to meet with them in the clouds, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Where are we going to meet the Lord? We're going to meet the Lord in the air. He's not coming back here to the earth. We're going to meet him in the air. The victory is ours. But we're meeting him where? And Satan is called the prince of power of the air. Later on, that position, remember, he who is the anointed cherub that covered. Read Ezekiel chapter 28. Again, if this pulpit is the throne room of God, he, he covered that. And then he fell. And he went from that position to what? The prince of power of the air. And Revelation chapter 12, there's going to be a mid-tribulation war in heaven. Read it. And in fact, who initiates the, the war isn't Satan. It's going to be Michael and his angels, and they fought against the devil. And Satan then what? Is cast out of the heaven. He's cast where? To the earth. And Peter talks about him as what? A roaring lion walking up and down the earth, devouring whoever he wants to. Praise God, we're going to meet the Lord. Just think about that for a moment that we're going to meet the Lord Jesus Christ in the air. And our bodies are going to be changed. So in one way, it's going to be raised another. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. And if you go back with me in the Old Testament to Zechariah chapter number 14, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Zechariah chapter number 14. Notice what these words say. And, and you could go over to Revelation chapter number 19 as well. But Zechariah chapter 14. Talks about in verse 1, the day of the Lord. Last week we, we talked about that. Just remind you, 1 Thessalonians 5 2. The day of the Lord comes to the thief of night. I don't have to write to you about that. Lord's Day, Revelation chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. It's not a Sunday afternoon. John was caught away in the spirit on the day, under the day of the Lord, the Lord's Day. Revel Zechariah 14, that's what that's talking about in Zechariah 14. Behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. And he's going to gather all nations against Jerusalem in battle. This is, Ar this is Armageddon. This is Revelation 19. And if you believe the church, the body of Christ, are the armies of heaven coming back at the second coming, do you know what's going on here on earth? Armageddon. Read it here. Read Zechariah 14 and then cross-reference that with Revelation. 1 Thessalonians says we're going to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. He's going to gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. 
And then we read in verse number four. And his feet. And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives. He's going to return. The Lord Jesus Christ is returning bodily. His resurrection was a bodily resurrection. His return is bodily, and he's going to return. And in that day, he is going to stand upon the Mount of Olives. And the Mount of Olives is a mountain on the east side of Jerusalem. And what's going to happen to that mountain? Verse 4, it's going to split in half. At the second coming of Christ, he comes back to the earth. Well, that's not true at the rapture. That's not true of the rapture resurrection. We meet the Lord in the air. So these are differences. I hope you understand. One column deals with the church, the body of Christ, the rapture. The other column deals with the second coming of Christ. Go back with me to Matthew chapter 24. The sign of his coming. Notice here. Notice. Notice there's a sign associated with his coming. Folks, there's no sign with the rapture of the church, the body of Christ. There's no sign of his coming. Literally every day is the last day of grace. Is, is, is it today? We don't, we don't know. We don't know. No Bible prophecy has to be fulfilled. We're dealing with the long-suffering of God. And one day, the long-suffering of God, the dispensation of grace is going to come to an end. Today in grace, God is offering grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. And that peace is not peace on the earth. The peace is peace with God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1, therefore being justified by faith that we have peace with God. And then we know over in the book of Philippians chapter 4, it's the peace of God. But here in Matthew chapter number 24, we pointed out in verse number 29, immediately after the tribulation of those days, again, the second coming of Christ, as you see, is post-tribulation. Look at verse number 30. says that in verse 29, the sun's going to be dark and the moon shall not give her light and the stars shall fall from heaven and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. Again, just to remind you, he's not the Son of Man. This is not Christ coming for the church. And then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. The sign of the Son of Man. The sign of his coming. Revelation chapter 1, Zechariah 13. The sign of his coming, whereas dealing with the rapture, there's no sign of his coming. There's no sign of his coming. In fact, what we can further say, there are absolutely no signs. No signs. I remember when I was, and right after I was saved, and you heard people talking and saying, oh, well, we're getting closer to the rapture because we think that the temple is going to be built and the temple is a sign for the church, the body of Christ. No, no it's not. 
No, it's not. There's no signs. As I said before, we, in fact, we'll go read 2 Corinthians 5, 6 down through verse number 8. While we're at home in this body, this temporal body, we are absent from the Lord. And what does 2 Corinthians 5, 7 say? For we walk by faith and not by what? By sight. We're living in the dispensation of God's grace. In fact, if you go and read 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1, Again, God's last epistle through the Apostle Paul, and he's writing to Timothy. And as it were, the baton of God's truth is being passed from Paul to Timothy. Not apostolic power or authority, because that's not true. But as it were, the truth is being passed. And he says, know this in the last days, perilous, fierce, savage, hard to understand times shall come. Men will be lovers of their own selves. And again, love of self above the love of others. It's not a rise of homosexuality. That's not what that verse of Scripture is talking about. And what do we see? What, what, what do we understand there? We, we see the understanding is, he wrote that, God through Paul wrote that 66, 68 AD. We're in the year 2020. We're still here. And he can't use, that's why I will not use the word soon with the rapture. Because we don't know when it's going to occur. We just know that one day the Lord's going to return and meet, and we're going to meet the Lord in the air because the Bible teaches us that. So there are absolutely no signs associated with it. If you think of the second coming, it's absolutely full of signs. I shared with you Matthew 24, a simple outline. Verse 4, you're to the beginning of the week. Verse 15, you're at the middle of the week. Gives way to the last three and a half years of the great tribulation. Time of Jacob's trouble. The tribulation is over and it's, it's full of signs. In fact, look over with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. And beginning here in verse number 20. It's full of signs. In fact, if you, you think about it, over in Acts chapter 1, the Lord Jesus Christ, as I said, dies bodily, raised bodily. In Acts chapter 1, he's going to ascend bodily into heaven. And there are two men who stood by the disciples, and the disciples are gazing up into heaven. And these two men, those are two angels, and they rebuke them. Why stand ye here gazing into heaven? The same Jesus which was taken up is, is going to come back. And why, why were they rebuked? Went over in the book of Titus, were to be looking, looking for that blessed hope, looking with, for that blessed hope with patience. Because it wasn't time for him to return, he just ascended. You have to deal with what? The 70th week of Daniel. And that's why here in the book of Luke, the book of Luke, this is also records the Olivet Discourse. Again, you go back and read in Luke 21, 7, where they ask the same questions that are seen over in the book of Matthew. And when you read here in verse number 20, when you therefore see, this is Luke 21, 20. When you therefore shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies and know that its desolation thereof is nigh. And there are some, and I just pause, and I know if you have a Schofield Study Bible, this is going to be his interpretation, and this was 
partially fulfilled in Luke or by in 70 AD when the Roman general Titus came in and destroyed the city of Jerusalem and destroyed the temple. No, this, this is a do you understand what, what you're reading here is equal to Matthew 24, 15. It is a mid-tribulation verse of scripture. That this is go, this is going to happen. How do I know that? Notice you continue to read, know that the desolation is nigh. Let them which are in Judea flee to the mountain, let them which are in the midst of it depart out. And let not them that are in the countries enter therein too. For these be the days of vengeance that all things which are written may be fulfilled. And then he talks upon the times of the Gentiles, not the fullness of the Gentiles. And then if you keep reading, verse 25, and then there's signs in the sun, in the moon, and the stars, and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the seas and the waves roaring. Men's heart failing them for fear, for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And they shall see the Son of Man coming with a cloud, with power and great glory, the, the, the sign of the Son of Man coming in a cloud. What is the sign? Some, some want to say it's the cross. No, it's not the cross. I believe it's the Shekinah glory of the Old Testament. Think, think of the His star, the Shekinah glory. Notice verse 28. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up. Then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. No wonder why his disciples were rebuked by the two men and why the parable of those two angels. Why? He just ascended back. They're, they're looking. It's not time yet. It's not time for him to come. You're at the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel, the beginning of the tribulation period, the seal judgments, followed by the trumpet judgment. No, no, it's not time yet. You move to the mid part of the tribulation. Where these things are going to happen. What we just read in verse number 20, the, also the Antichrist is going to be assassinated. And then he's going to ride, then he's going to be resurrected up. And now he's going to be seen as a beast ascending out of the bottomless pit. You have the mark of the beast of all these things going on. He then is going to desecrate the rebuilt temple and say, I am God. Should they be looking up then? No, it's not time yet. Then as you work your way through the great tribulation, Jacob's trouble, then they'll start seeing these signs and you see them. Now look up. Do you understand? Now look up, for your redemption draweth nigh. So for the rapture of the church, the body of Christ, there's no sign of his coming. There's absolutely no signs associated. And you might say, well, you referred to 2 Timothy 3, those perilous, those fierce, those savage times, those hard-to-understand times. That sounds like, th th those are not signs. Those are not signs, those are trends, and I believe it's within the church, the body of Christ, and it's not the way that the world is. So no sign of his coming, no signs, versus a sign of his second coming and signs associated with that. And then you see the difference here, and we're going to go into greater detail with this, Lord willing, next week. But at the rapture, the saved are taken to heaven. And the unsaved are left behind to enter the tribulation, the 70th week of Daniel.
at the second coming of Christ, it's, it's the complete opposite. That's what I want to go through in greater detail. The saved are left behind. Think upon, and I encourage you to read Matthew 13, the parable of the wheat and tares. Read it, and that's, that's given an interpretation. The Lord gives an interpretation. Read the parable of the net. Read over in Matthew chapter 24, dealing with the days of Noah. The saved are left behind here on earth to enter the kingdom, and the unsaved are taken in judgment. There's a complete difference. And we're going to talk about that in, in greater detail, Lord willing, next week. And you see there are people who will use this phrase, he first comes for the church and then he comes with the church, or the coming of the church is the first phase of his second coming. Those, those are non-biblical statements, folks. We've laid the foundation. And I just say to you, if you would like to have these differences... I have a handout. We would gladly make it available. Please just contact me here at the church. Again, either email us or call us and let me know that you would like that handout. The differences between the rapture of the church, the body of Christ, and his second coming. It is so important to understand God's word, to study it, to rightly divide God's word, to allow the word of God to be real in our lives. So we are those approved workmen who are not ashamed. And so when false doctrine comes, we, we can stand and say this, this, this is wrong because this, this is what God says. I know what God says. I'm going to stick with God's word and God's word rightly divided. Unlike those individuals when Hymenaeus and Philetus and 2 Timothy taught the resurrection is past already, their faith was overthrown. To me, those are sad words. I don't ever want your faith to be overthrown. You have to stand up. You have to put on the whole armor of God. You've got to be grounded and built up and established in God's faith. And that's what God wants us to be doing. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior, I pray that you know him, that you will come to know him, that you will trust him and realize the only way of salvation is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, Romans 6, 23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Won't you believe and trust him right now, right where you're at, before it's eternally too late? And for us who are saved, truly, may we study God's word, may we appreciate God's word, may we rightly divide God's word so we understand the doctrine, because if what you believe doctrinally affects the way you're going to live for God. We have that blessed hope. Those who have died, those who have gone on before us, they're not going to miss the rapture. The dead in Christ rise first. We who are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I pray those words bring you a source of comfort and strength this evening. And truly, God bless you. Thank you for watching. If you have any questions, or you want any questions studied and asked the pastor, please contact us here at the church. We'd love to hear from you, love to study out whatever questions you may have, because we want to be grounded in God's word, understand God's word, and live God's word. May God bless you. May God continue to bless you. May God continue to bless the ministry of the Altoona Bible Church. And may God bless America, the United States of America. Thank you very much for watching, and God bless you.